I think there's a mental capacity that we hit as entrepreneurs, as real estate agents, as business owners, where I'm doing the day-to-day operations or I'm doing the busy work that I'm not able to focus on the vision for the future. And it's like, that's really what buying back leverage gets. And I have to fork out X amount of money in order to get an assistant. But it's like, you can't look at leverage as an expense. You have to look at leverage as an investment. That's how we get leverage. It wasn't, I need to do it. It was my assistant needs to do it. I want you guys to think of me as the bottleneck, right? Like, I don't want you to think of me as the go-to person because my My job should be one thing only. You're listening to the number one real estate podcast in the world where we talk with the real estate professionals about their wins, losses, lessons, stories, help you win in your local market today. My name is Cody from Sheridan Street. I'm joined with Vikram Deal of the Real Estate Sales Academy. We are here and we are doing a single episode uh, with Jess Vikram and I today. Uh, no guest, no guest. Uh, but today we want to chat a little bit about leverage uh, and a little bit about hiring. Uh, Vikram and I, over the last couple of years, have uh, you know managed businesses that have grown uh, significantly. Re- uh, Vikram has had experience, obviously, building a pretty large real estate team out of the Seattle area, and I've uh, built our marketing agency. I think we have over thirty-three. 33 or 34 staff members now uh, spread out across the world. So um, really want to talk about leverage because I've been having so many conversations over the last couple of weeks with real estate agents that feel like they're bottlenecked in their business. And uh, yeah, Vic, you know, like if, uh, I'll let you start, Uh, you know, I'll let you start this one and uh, we can just jam a little bit today about leverage, about kind of what your ethos is and what you believe around leverage and around hiring people and around getting the right people on your team and like, yeah, like let's start there. Cool, man. Well, thank you for, uh, thank you for doing this. Um, I, I, you know, when it comes to leverage, like, let's just be fully honest here. We had a podcast booked with a guest that our system did not fire for some reason, whatever the, the reason was, there was a, there was a glitch in the matrix. And the first thing you said was, I need to have my assistant, Sophia do X, Y, and Z for the future. It wasn't, I need to do it. It was my assistant needs to do it, right? Because that's how we get leverage. And in the last month, I've seen Cody have more free time to take care of himself, to go to the gym, to go get an IV, to go get a massage, right? To go to dinners and enjoy the hard work. But let's be honest, last year, Cody was in a season of full tilt, like you were summer farmer out every day, working, working, working. And Here's the thing that I always tell my my team. Um, I just hired a, an assistant here, an EA in uh, Medellin where I'm living because I need somebody local for me. That's just how I like to operate. And what I told her was, because she's like, hey, I need your approval on this or this and this. I said, no, you need to ask Ray, who's been with us longer. I said, I want you guys to think of me as the bottleneck, right? Like, I don't want you to think of me as the go-to person. I want you guys to think of me as the bottleneck because my job should be one thing only. It should be delivering an extraordinary client experience, coaching and training, and it should be on sales calls. There should be nothing else that I really do other than like podcasts, marketing stuff, right? But like, I shouldn't do anything else. Like I shouldn't get my own coffee. I shouldn't get my own water. I shouldn't take my clothes to the dry cleaners. And it's not because I'm above that. It's because that isn't my highest use of time. Because if you can get into your highest use of time by adding leverage into your life, you become less and less of the bottleneck. And most businesses, Cody, 
don't stop growing because they don't have they don't stop growing because they have a lack of desire they they stop growing because they have the lack of capacity like what what do you you think on that one yeah i think there's a mental capacity that we hit as entrepreneurs as real estate agents as business owners where it's often hard to think about the high level thinking things and i've had this conversation with multiple real estate like high performing real estate teams where it's like i'm doing the day-to-day operations or i'm doing the busy work that i'm not able to focus on the vision for the future and it's like that's really what buying back leverage gets and maybe you're at a point in your real estate business where i fell at a point where i'm like oh, okay like i can do this like you know it's like i i felt i felt like i i'm like okay i have to fork out x amount of money in order to get an assistant but it's like you you can't look at leverage as an expense you have to look at leverage as an investment right and and when you decide to reinvest back into your business it gives you the ability to go out and find more business and Right now in the marketplace, I have a firm fundamental belief that real estate agents are focused on the wrong things. They're doing the busy work. They're doing the, they're, they're not having enough conversations. If you just increased your conversation volume, you will make more money this year. The people that are focused on scripting, they're focused on skills and they're focused on conversation volume, they're winning. They're winning in almost every single market because that's where currency is created. It's, it's created in the conversations, created in the, in the networking and the relationships, but one one of the things that happens and I've been, I, and this has happened for me as well, where it's like, okay, I have to do this thing. I have to do this thing. I have to do this thing. Yeah. And it's all admin tasks that I don't really have to do it. And in fact, if I didn't do it, if I, in fact, if I outsourced it or I found somebody else who could do it, or I, fa- I got somebody in my corner that could grow with me, I'd be able to move faster. I think that where the bottleneck happens for a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of real estate agents is they hold on to the cash for themselves too much to not give themselves the leverage in order to actually give themselves the freedom that the desire that they got into. It's like, well, I got into entrepreneurship for the freedom and flexibility it gave me, but it wasn't really until like in the beginning I had it. It's funny how it works is like you go through different seasons of business. In the beginning I had it, it was me and one other employee. So the beginning I had it because I'm like, I understood the, the concept of leverage. And then over the last two years, as we started to build Sheridan Street, I lost the leverage because I'm like, okay, we started hiring other things in order to create a program. So you get to a point where, and depending on where you're at in your business, and you probably went through this as well in your real estate business, oh, but yeah. you hit a million right. dollars, you hit a million dollars like in revenue. And all of a sudden you're like, man, I'm, I, I have less money now than I did when we were doing 500,000. This is crazy. Like no, we were the exact, we were the exact opposite. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, at, at five to 700,000, we weren't very profitable. We were, we were decently profitable because I was still heavily in production. Yeah. But we were scaling up for that 1.5, 1 to 1.5 to $2 million range. So we were over indexed on leverage, right? We had, I mean, at one point it was one team member to every salesperson. So we were super over-indexed on it. Uh, I want to back up a little bit and talk a little bit. You, you brought up a really good point. And just the full disclosure, like this topic, you guys, that we came from, it was Cody and I were sitting here. We're just jamming. We're sharing some ideas. And Cody's like, we should do a, we should just do our, our own podcast right now. I'm like, yeah. yeah, we got 20 more minutes left, 15 more minutes. Let's do it. And it's like, what do you want to talk about? I went to vidIQ and vidIQ is a, a YouTube service. And we were talking about ideas like 20 minutes ago about how we are like one of the trending topics right now is how I'm the bottleneck in entrepreneurship. And I was like, 
bro, we talk about this all the time. Why have we never done a podcast about this? Like we didn't come up with this amazing original idea, but we talk about it every day when we go to dinner. And it was just like, dude, let's do this topic because you talked about admin work about five minutes ago. And here, here's what happens. You know, it's not that you need a full-time employee, but if you were to take that $400 $400 transaction coordinator, right? Most markets that I know, it's 300 to 450 for a transaction coordinator, right? If you were to take a good transaction coordinator and have them do five or 10 of your files for the year, right? That'll cost you $4,000. It's beans that you, you would happily give a $25 referral fee to an agent that sent you a client. And that would probably cost you three to $4,000 in most markets, right? $10,000 commission, give a 25% referral fee. That's 2,500 bucks. So you outsource 10 files for the year, right? You don't need a full-time TC. If you're not doing 50 plus, 80 plus deals, you don't need a full-time TC, but you outsource that and you're paying $400. And guess what? They TC gets paid the same way you get paid. If the deal doesn't close, they don't get paid. So everybody has an incentive to see the deal to the end. That 10 hours of work, right? A typical transaction is probably about 10 to 12 hours of work, right? Cody, like... If you're really efficient or you have really low touch, it might be five, but if you're inefficient, it might be 14. And if you're just using that to feel like you're doing something because you don't know how to prospect, you don't know how to have those conversations, then it feels like you're working really hard, but you outsource that admin work. You bought yourself back every month, 10 hours of prospecting time. You bought yourself back eight hours of prospecting, two hours of skill building. You bought yourself back three hours a week to go to the gym, right? So if you take that 10 hours a month, right, you can go do so many things, but it's costing you what, $400 at the end of the transaction? Well, then you got to work backwards and figure out like, what is your hourly rate? Like, you know, if you're, if you're sitting there thinking, okay, I'm buying back 10 hours of my time, you like, it's also like, what is a, what is my time worth? Yeah. And then B what could I, what could I produce if I were to buy back my time? Like, well, what, what would you say the average real estate? Like if you're an average agent, you know, let's be above average, but let's say you're making a hundred, you're making a hundred grand a year. Yeah. Right. But your goal is to go to 200. That would put your time at what? Like if you wanted to go to 200,000 bucks a year, how many hours are, are there in a year? Like 2080. So 200,000 divided by 2080 hundred bucks an hour. So if you value your time at a hundred bucks an hour, how much, how much does it cost you for an admin? Yeah. Like you can get one and it, like, it depends on whether you go virtual or whether you go in, in person. I think a lot of people struggle going virtual because they don't know how to train people. Yeah. Um, but there are VA companies and there's VA staffing companies that will help you train people. I think that the, the biggest thing that the biggest lesson that I had early on in my career when I hired virtual, because like we're all, we're pretty much all virtual. Right. There's a few things to hiring a virtual that I, like, and I know that you do, vir- you, even though your people are in person, you know, eventually they could be virtual as well. Well, we have both. We're a we hybrid. A hybrid. And like, we have people in Canada, we have people in Latin America. The interesting thing about virtual is what I've come to learn is regardless of whether they're virtual or whether they're on the ground, they need, they need a big vision. They need a big vision for the future. If you want to track top eight talent, you have a big vision for for where you're headed. Because you just, what was that? Sorry. I said your vivid vision. Totally. Cameron Harold wrote a book called Vivid Vision. Uh, 
you, you will have a very hard time attracting really top A talent without a big vision. The second thing is like, we treat our virtual assistants, we don't even call them virtual assistants. We keep we treat our Latin American team the same as our Canadian team. Right. Like some of our Latin American <clears throat> team makes just as much as our Canadian team. Right. It, it, like it, it just, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter where they're at in the world. It, treat everyone with respect and care. And the third thing is give them a roadmap for training. That has been the biggest thing that our COO, Jacqueline, has really done a great job is everyone has a playbook when they come in. They understand what their responsibilities are, what the rules are. And that's why like in the beginning, if you're at 100,000, you want to go to 200,000, bringing on a VA staffing company for those first couple hires should be able to give you the blueprint for how to effectively hire your next three people. Uh, but how you onboard people matters. You can put a really great talent on a really shitty team, right? They don't perform because they're not given the tools and the resources they need in order to perform, or they don't believe in the vision. And it's like, you want to have the right people in the right seats, uh, you know, you know, driving with you uh, that will help you reach your goals. But leverage really comes down to a bunch of different things. And leverage, leverage requires you to be, learn how to hire. But just simply put, you have to learn how to hire to yep. leverage. Well, leverage also, you know, when I think of leverage, it forces you to have to really dial in your systems and your processes, totally. right? Like it, it forces you to start looking at your inefficiencies. It forces you, right? And leverage comes in a lot of ways. Like leverage comes in team members, leverage comes in coaches, Yep. Right. Like I, I'm in a, I'm in a program right now. It's a, uh, it's, it's an advanced sales program to teach coaches how to sell their programs. Right. Because it's a selling real estate is different than selling wellness services than it is selling coaching service, especially high ticket, like what, what I do. And we are modeling and mimicking how he operates his, his, his company. And we're mimicking and operating how he leverages his communication and delivery with his clients. And they have you know, anywhere from a thousand active clients to 2,500. And so we're modeling these people and that's leverage because we're paying for one thing, but we're getting five other things. So your leverage comes in your, you, when you think about leverage, right, Cody, it's not just, okay, I'm going to hire people. It's how do we systematize and create processes, which I think is what challenge people because people are so busy being busy. Yeah that they don't want to make the time. And when, how do you make the time when you don't have leverage? You, you just yeah. wake up earlier. You, yeah. you just wake up earlier, you guys. You go to sleep a little bit later for 90 days. You wake up earlier. You go to sleep earlier. You get on the farmer schedule, right? You go to sleep with the birds. You wake up with the birds, right? Like you just, you, you go on the summer farm schedule and that gives you, the, that buys you the time. Yeah, the consistent, persistent action. I think that's a great way to kind of wrap up today. Yeah. Um, you know, it's the the consistent persistent action i say to my uh, my business development team we just brought on two new uh two new business developers brought on a couple of new setters and i said you know what you do today will dictate your next 60 days like it, it, it won't have in, what you do today is not going to impact the next week it's going to impact the next 60 days it's like we're always 60 to 90 days behind our actions yep it's like the choices you make today are going to impact you in 60 to 90 days and, you know, if you don't go to the gym this week, it's going to impact you maybe not next week, yeah. but three weeks, six weeks, 12 weeks down the road, it, it'll, it'll have an impact. Yeah. We're, we're, it, we're always looking at the lagging uh, indicators. We're not looking at the, the work 
that we need to put in right. or the leverage that we need now in order to help us get to where we want to go in our business. And, uh, you know, it really starts with leverage and leverage, like you said, Vic, is is a bunch of different things. It could be in the form of people. It could be in the fo- form of uh, it could be in the form of automation is another leverage point, like learning like how to your, use automation. Your, your company is uh, your company. What you do, right? It's it's a leverage yeah. point. So you can totally. hire a coach, you can hire yep. an agency, right? And then you, you know, maybe you have the desire to bring it in house so you could see, okay, what is Cody's agency doing really well? And do we want to bring that in house? Right. Like yeah, my talk, friend. Yeah. We talk to teams all the time that, um, you know, are, are considering, do I bring this in house? Do I outsource it? And like, you know, there's an, it's what, what is the right answer for you? Then becomes right. the question. Like, do you have yeah. the right tech stack? Do you have the right uh, training resources? Do you have the right manuals? Are you a, are you a good salesperson? Because you know when you get on the phone with people, it becomes a big focus, and that's why even with what you do, like the leverage point, it's like you could be a really great operator, but maybe you're not a really great salesperson, and that's like where Vic's you know program really comes in, where it's like you know Vic had a really great operator in his real estate business, but he was the sales guy. And he knew what to say. He knew the right things to say. It. He knew uh, where to put the right questions. He knew how to negotiate offers. Uh, and that's part of the reason we partnered together because right. he had that sales experience. So leverage, could, like you said, could come in the form of an agency. It could be automation. It could be hiring a coach. It could be hiring a virtual assistant. But that would just be the encouragement I think that we want to leave everyone with today is that take a look at your business, write right. things down on the things you like doing the things you don't necessarily like doing, and then ask yourself, what can I leverage? Where can I buy back time? Where can I do, where can I find thing, find people that give me the leverage that allow me to reach my goals? You know, sometimes you got to work backwards. So Vic, man, I want to say thank you for hopping on with me today. Appreciate you as well. And uh, I want to say thank you for tuning into another episode of the RE Agent Podcast. We'll see you soon.